Morning, everyone. My name's Simon, uh, and I'm a member here at Lynn Baptist Church, and it's my privilege to bring God's Word to us this morning. I'm going to start with a confession. Uh, I absolutely love the Antiques Roadshow. Anyone with me? Come on, high fives, high fives. Sunday evening used to be me and Top Gear, you know, Jeremy Clarkson shouting power at the telly, and now it's just me and Fiona Bruce hanging out, admiring necklaces and vases, and they're just so chill, and I absolutely love it. Those of you who watch Antiques Roadshow, it features a game where you have three objects. There are different variations of this game. Uh, But in one variation, you have to guess which object matches the use of the object, okay? So in true Antiques Roadshow style, we are going to start with a quiz. Uh, We are going to... How do I move this forward? Is it with this? Uh, We are going to match the scar to the story, okay? It's a bit of a a random take on the game, so here we go. Is this working? Do I have to turn it on? Anyone know how this works? Is that on now? Okay, nice one. Okay, Brill. So, uh, you're going to get a bit of an insight into my story here, my life. Okay, you are going to match the scar to the story. Okay, so I've got three classic scars. Okay, so I've got a scar on my lip. It's very subtle. You can take a closer look later. Uh, I've got a scar on my arm, just here. And I've got a scar on my leg, which runs down the bottom of my leg here. Okay, so you need to match the scar to the story. So, uh, one of those scars was got playing snooker. One of those scars was got trying to impress a girl when I was a teenager. And one was serving in church. Okay, so here we go. See who can get three out of three. So scar A, lip. Was it A, playing snooker, trying to impress a girl, or serving in church? Scott, what do you reckon? What are you going for? I reckon snooker. I think you were standing. Snooker? Okay, I wonder what I was up to. So uh, the scar on my lip was trying to impress a girl. Did you get it? So uh, I was about 12, a ball got stuck up in a tree at a youth party, and I thought, I'm going to really impress this girl that I really like. I chucked a cricket bat up into the tree. The cricket bat came straight down and landed on my face. And so therefore, I have a scar on my top lip as evidence. Uh, Number two, B, the arm. Was I playing snooker or was I serving in church? Nick, what are you going for? Um, Snooker. My arm, it was, it's exciting, this isn't it, but more exciting than Antiques Roadshow, it was serving in church. I'd only just recently moved up here and joined the church, uh, and in an effort to impress how servant-hearted I am, uh, I went and closed the outside doors, you know the big wooden doors on the side, but it had been raining and they were quite swollen, and so I put my arm into it, and my arm got pinched uh, in between the wooden doors, it really hurt. Uh, And now I've got a big scar just uh, beneath my elbow, which means that I have a scar on my leg from playing snooker, a really rough snooker club in East London. Uh, And uh, there was a little table next to the snooker table that we were playing on. It had a a metal strip around the the top edge and had a really sharp corner. And obviously, snooker clubs are pretty dark. uh, And I just, yeah, I got a massive uh, slash in my leg. Uh, I was rushed to hospital. It was the day before my Spanish GCSE exam. I had to ring my dad and tell him that I wasn't revising, that I'd been playing snooker, and now I'm in the hospital. It was terrifying. So anyway, there you go. Did you get three out of three? Hands up, we got three out of three. Hands up, we really don't care. There you go. Let's move on. Let's move on. Anyway, so if you want to come and have a closer look, come and see me afterwards. Look forward to that. 
But one thing that is common to all of us here today is that we bear the scars of life. In our lived experience, we hold happy memories of triumphs and of celebrations, but we also bear the scars of trials and struggle. Uh, Theologian James K.A. Smith writes this, We ride the cusp of a wave we call the present, driven by the past and headed for the shore of the future. We wear time. Do you agree? We wear time. I was thinking uh, of an illustration of this, and I think it's a bit like my bike, my mountain bike. I bought it in 2008, uh, and it wears time. So it holds memories of Hannah and I before children having the freedom to go and explore the countryside of Surrey where we used to live. It holds the memories of teaching our children how to ride their own bikes. Did you used to have one of those little kiddie bikes that straps onto the back of your uh, saddle when they fall asleep and they're like this and then they're hitting their head on the tree as you go past? Um, loads of memories of that. Um, memories of conquering some of the, the big roots in, in Welsh Uh, forests and in the forest of Dean, memories of fantastic holidays, memories of family bike rides during lockdown. It holds really great memories, but it also bears scars. It bears the scars of the times I've fallen off. Uh, I once fell off in the middle of Lim where I hit a curb and I went skidding uh, into the road, which was quite dangerous. Uh, And it's got scratches and scuffs and scars. I've got a missing mud flap. I've no idea where that's gone. Um, It bears the scars of time. And sometimes those scars uh, impact on the present. So I was riding through Grappenhall Village recently, and due to wear and tear uh, and a bent chain, my chain snapped. And so it affected my present. And I needed to take it to be restored so that I could ride on into the future. I needed to take it to be restored so that I could ride on into the future, so that I could make new memories and go on new adventures. And that's exactly what we see in our story today, in our passage. We are surrounded by scars. And I'd like to suggest to you today that these scars speak of the past, shape the present, and signpost the future. And I think you'd agree that our own scars do the same. First of all, let's take a look at the scars of the disciples. First of all, they are scarred by the horror of the cross. We cannot underestimate how that must have impacted the disciples. So they've seen Jesus, the one for whom most of them have given up everything to follow, the one that they spent the last few years learning from, their teacher, their guide, their friends, for some their actual brother, They've seen him betrayed to the Jewish leaders, handed over to the Roman authorities, whipped, beaten, taken advantage of and abused, made an absolute mockery of, led to the cross where they've seen him die the most excruciating of deaths in the crucifixion. Imagine the grief And the trauma that that must have left. In this moment, in this passage, they are bearing the scars of the recent past. And as they are confronted with the stark reality of the cross. But those scars also have shaped 
they're present. We read that the disciples are meeting behind locked doors, so they're hiding away, they're terrified, they isolate themselves, and they are in fear of the Jewish leaders. They're absolutely terrified because of what they've just experienced and what they've just seen happen to Jesus. They're absolutely terrified. So their scars are shaping their present. They are living in fear and they are in lockdown. Thomas, in the second half of our passage, he isn't with them. It doesn't really make clear how Thomas is really feeling, but maybe that's his way of dealing with what he's experienced, that actually he isolates himself from the rest of the group, trying to process maybe what he's just witnessed and what he's just experienced. And for Thomas, he's full of doubt. He's confused. He doesn't understand what's, what's happening. And he's being shaken in his belief. And the scars of the disciples are signposting the future. Because at the moment they're locked down and they don't know what the future holds. So there's uncertainty and maybe there must be this feeling of hopelessness. Hopelessness. What is next? Where do we go from here? Everything that we've put maybe our trust in, our hope in, seems to have been taken from us. So we witness the scars of the disciples speaking of the past, shaping the present, and signposting the future. But then in steps Jesus. And we see their scars through the light of Jesus' scars. We see their scars in the light of Jesus' scars. And I'd like to suggest to you that the scars of Jesus impact the past by bringing peace, impact the present by bringing power, and impact the future by bringing purpose. The scars of Jesus bring peace, they bring power and purpose. When Jesus appears to his disciples, the first thing he says to both the disciples collected in the room on the first evening, but also then to Thomas when he appears to them eight days later, he starts with peace be with you. Now this may not seem unusual because it's a really common Hebrew greeting found across the Old Testament within Jewish culture. Shalom, peace be with you. Uh, but more in, certainly in the Old Testament times in Jewish tradition, it's, it's not about um, peace, just relax, don't be worried, don't stress. It's actually the idea of being whole and well-being. It's a blessing of wholeness and well-being to you. Shalom, peace be with you. However, Jesus, the crucified and now risen Lord, appears to them and says, peace be with you. Look at my scars. And this idea of peace takes on a whole new dimension. Because we see the fullness of that blessing come in this moment for the first time. Because peace be with you in its entirety, in its wholeness, 
if we're seeking to bless people with wholeness and fullness of well-being and flourishing, that only comes now after the cross and after the resurrection. Because through the cross and through the resurrection, we have peace with God. Jesus has won our peace with God. And so we have restored, renewed, new living relationship with God through Christ. Peace in all its fullness. Peace with God. No longer enemies, but known as children to our heavenly Father. Peace with God. It takes on a whole deeper level. But for us today, as we look at the past, how do we see this? So our scars might speak of the past. We might hold within those scars regrets, memories of mistakes, things that we've thought or said or done that we regret. Jesus steps in He says to you, peace be with you, look at my scars. The risen Lord Jesus, having died on the cross, says to you, peace, look at my scars, you are forgiven. Jesus in this moment, God is giving us the assurance of his forgiveness. Paul writes elsewhere that if there were no resurrection, we'd still be dead in our sins. So Jesus, appearing to the disciples, saying, peace be with you, and showing his scars, is an assurance that you have the deepest peace with God, because what I have done on the cross has won for you your forgiveness. It has restored to you that new life and that new relationship with God. So I want to encourage you today that the scars of Jesus speak into our past, into all of our mistakes and regrets and all the things that we've said and thought and done that have wrong, been wrong. And he speaks peace and an assurance of God's forgiveness. And God's forgiveness is a free gift of love and of grace because the disciples didn't earn it. The scars speak of Jesus going to the cross The scars speak of God saying of himself in the form of his son. It is a gift of grace. Nothing that we could have done to earn it, but a free gift of grace from the God who loves us and saves us. I like this quote from John Piper who says, We will never stand in awe of being loved by God until we reckon with the seriousness of our sin." And when by grace we waken to our unworthiness, we look at the scars of Christ and say, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So the scars of Christ speak into our past. Assurance of the love and the grace of God and assurance of his forgiveness. Secondly, The scars of Jesus, peace be with you, look at my scars, they speak of power. The power to transform hearts and minds and situations. See here, the presence of Jesus with the disciples, 
they turn from fear to joy. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. The power of Jesus to turn fear to joy. When he appears to Thomas, with all of his doubt and all his belief, Jesus says, don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Thomas exclaims, my Lord, my God. Doubt turns to belief. Confusion turns to clarity. And what I love about Thomas's response is that in his exclamation, my Lord, my God, his eyes are open to the reality of who Jesus truly is. Lord and God. A recognition of the power of God. The power to transform and change. And for us today, Jesus, standing before his disciples in this passage with scars, having been risen from the dead, is an assurance of the power of God. And sometimes I think in our lives and in our minds, we minimize the power of God. And so in your situations and in your struggles, remember the power of God, as Paul writes, the incomparably great power of God for those who believe, the same power that was exerted when God raised Christ from the dead. It's the same power. So I want to encourage you today that as your scars shape your presence, whether it's making you feel fearful or confused, uh, whether it's making you feel like, I'm not sure if I can go on, I keep on making the same mistakes, I want to encourage you to see the scars and remember the power of God. And thirdly, the scars bring purpose. Jesus says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Received the Holy Spirit. The disciples are moved from a place of uncertainty and hopelessness to a place of meaning and purpose. And this purpose is to join in with God's story. Their story is wrapped up in his. Just as the Father has sent the Son, so I am now sending you. You are to continue my story. You now go, having seen my scars, having witnessed the risen Lord Jesus, to go and to be my light bearers to draw people back, to say, come back to God, to be my ambassadors, to shine light into the world and to declare God's love and to declare his kingdom. So they are moved from a place of uncertainty and hopelessness to a place of purpose. And I want to encourage you today that in Christ... You see his scars 
he says to all of us, just as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And your life takes on a whole new meaning and a whole new sense of purpose. James K.A. Smith said this, The God who appears in the fullness of time catches all that's been thrown our way in an embrace that launches us into a future that could only be ours because only we have lived this life that Christ redeems. Grace lives off the truth of God's wonder-working mercy. My past, my story, is taken up into God and to God's story. Grace is the good news of unfathomable possibility. Grace is the good news of unfathomable possibility. As we sit here today, I'm sure many of us are bearing scars. But Jesus says to you, peace be with you. See my scars. I bring peace. I hold power. And I give you purpose. And he does that out of love and out of grace. Grace is the good news of unfathomable possibility. God takes us with all of our scars and says, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. And that's grace. I feel like this sense of the scars speaking to the past and shaping the present and signposting the future are really beautifully summarized in this passage here. And if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read it to you. It's a slightly longer passage. God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So I just really feel that God is saying to us all today, peace be with you, see my scars. And I think that's going to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But I just want you to weigh that now. Jesus says to you today, peace be with you. See my scars. See my scars. The assurance of forgiveness. See my scars. I am a God power see my scars 
have a future for you. See my scars and peace be with you. I'm just going to close by singing you a song. It's called Thankful for the Scars. And I just want to make space for you to reflect on that quote on that screen. Peace be with you. See my scars. And just make the space for God to speak to you individually as to what that means for you today.
moment. 